Hey y'all, it's Monica. Recently, Courtney Turner was in LA and she went out of her way to make sure that we could do a show together in person. And there is something about looking a person in the eye in person, really vibing on their soul, as I say. And it was exactly that. It was really cool to be in person with her. And I hope you enjoy this. You can see the video on her Rumble channel and get that vibe for yourself. But the actual subject matter, I had talked to her offline. That's another unique thing. I I don't think I've ever actually called a podcaster on the phone to have a chat. But I called her about this overreaction. I feel like the reactionary right is responding to a trap that's being set for them. And I know I've mentioned this, these thoughts over the years. It's not going to come as any surprise to anybody who's listened to me regularly. But I felt like Courtney would be somebody I could really dig into this with. Just try to get my mind around the the thoughts, because this isn't something that's based in ideology. It's an observation of a phenomenon that's emerging in real time. And she's just, she's the gal for the job. So it was a really, really interesting conversation. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, welcome to the Corny Turn Podcast. Today, I have a co-host. You may recognize her. Yeah, so we're actually in person and we're going to do a show together and we're gonna kind of, we're gonna have a conversation. So it's really gonna be both of us. But uh, yeah, so I brought up a topic and uh, we're gonna dive into it. So this is Monica Perez. Hi, everybody. <laughs> I think I'm looking there, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Editing on the, on the spot. Uh, yeah, so this is the continuation of a conversation we're actually having on the phone. Yeah, the only podcaster I've ever spoken to on the phone. Like, oh, really? Like, yeah, I just I always everything's always on air, and it's right. because it was stuff like that, which is an hour into this great conversation, I was like, come on, right? Yeah, yeah. no, no. And I started picking your brain, and I felt like it wasn't fair for you not <laughs> to share with the world what I was picking out of your brain, which is pretty fascinating. Yeah, so this is a topic that's just been like kind of weighing on me. I feel like I, so I used to, I think we've talked a little bit about this before, but, and I, I think my audience might be familiar with this, but I think growing up, I always felt like I, I hated that I was never accepted in any of the cliques. You know, like I was, I was kind of friends with people in all different groups, but I was never like in the clique. And as I've gotten older, I realized that that's part of why I'm able to see like trends that are happening with different cliques because I'm kind of outside of all of it. Also, you are a phenom when it comes to pattern recognition. I, I, I mean, that is true. Like, it's weird. I attribute it to <laughs> all the freaky things that are happening inside your brain, but you definitely have that superpower in my observation. Well, I appreciate that. So that really, fun, I think I've told this story before. When I was two years old, I had a tutor, and I would read the boxcar children books. There was like a whole series. But I, in each book, I would tell her, I'm like, I think this is what's going to happen at the end. And so she would explain to me like foreshadowing. And, and she said, your talent is pattern recognition. And so, and I was like, why? She, so she explained what foreshadowing meant and how I was looking at the different, you know, patterns and putting it together and then coming up with a theory about like where it was guiding me. And that's why I would have a theory on how the book would end it. And I was usually right. Uh, but in hindsight, I, like I thought about this really recently. I was like, so I was destined to be a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, well, because you <laughs> see through the the shield, and I have to say, I feel yeah. the same way. Yeah, and not, not really good at that necessarily, but that 
It's just the pattern that I recognize is when somebody has uh, a military intelligence background yeah. and makes it from zero to 60 in like six months. And we have a lot of that going on. You know, I'm like, well, I'm going to be a little sus until you stop saying things that make me sus. So like, let's just start there. So I get that a lot. Um, I do yeah. like kind of suss people out that way. Ha ha. But one so person, this, yeah, we yeah. can just so dive, right we'll dive right in. Yeah. So this is just a topic that I've been seeing kind of like brewing. And it's very concerning to me because I felt like, you know, we've seen the left for a long time wanting to overthrow the Constitution. I mean, that's just like typical Marxist rhetoric and it's not new and it's not unexpected. But now what I'm seeing is what looks like a concerted active measure targeting both the dissident right as well as the religious right to end at the same goal. They're coming from a different angle, but both are going to have the same goal of overthrowing the Constitution. It's still going to end in tyranny. And that's my concern. I'm seeing that. And I think that neither side necessarily knows they're being played, but okay, it's a dialectic. I want to respond to that immediately, which is, I actually saw the one that was happening before this that didn't seem to have gotten any loft, or okay. maybe it'll come back, which is the Constitutional Convention from the right. Yes. Let's rewrite the Constitution. I like, saw that. We're not getting a better one. No. If we could enforce this one, that would be better than anything you've got in mind. Totally. I, so. I, I saw that one coming, but the thing about that one is it gets picked up every few years, and it, then it kind of gets brushed away. It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't get traction. And I, I do, I agree. I think that was an active measure that tried and it was targeting the right, but it and wasn't it very alerted to the right being, yeah. um, you know, under their their support of the Constitution being undermined. Yes. So, I mean, Ron Paul probably, like, could trip my flags on, is he a Fed? But if he's a limited hangout, like, the limit is so small. Yeah. Because he did always defend the Constitution. He did invigorate people. He got... Did college well, kids like decimated, which if he was really a fan. Right. Like, well, but he won Iowa and they suppressed that. So yeah. in 2012. So the other thing, though, when you talk about this reactionary, let's call them, which I know yeah. is supposed to be an insult. I actually don't think that's an insult. Yeah. Generally speaking, I do like if somebody's trying to give me a revolution and that I'm good, I'm going to react. Like, I think right. that's normal. I don't think that's a bad word. Right. But these guys, when you're talking about that, um, well, let's talk about what it really means. I don't think there is any chance that they're going to win. They're actually like inherently schismatic because if you're looking for an authority figure and you don't agree on who that is, you're not, you're never going to get 50% anyway or whatever it would take, a third or whatever it would take to really have a revolution. So I think it's, it's doomed to, I would suggest, discredit a lot of the inherently like good ideas, which I would say is morality is important. You know, mm -hmm. culture is important. And, um, so I have a lot of comments, okay, but let's yep. start with... The, so the overarching thing here, though, is that the Enlightenment is being attacked from the left and the right. And I actually have a podcaster friend who um, talks about Francis Bacon. Okay. The, the Hidden Life is Best. He's great. You really have yeah. to talk to Robert. Okay. And, and he basically... I don't want to paraphrase him because he's really erudite, and I, I'm not going to get it perfect, but he, his position is Bacon, who was a Gnostic introduce the Enlightenment to undermine religion. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, and I don't, I don't think Robert really comes from the left or the right, but mm -hmm. uh, so, so there's some valid criticism potentially of the Enlightenment, unless he's wrong, which I doubt. Uh, but no, yes, there's definitely valid criticisms. Yeah. So they want to undermine the Enlightenment, and I just, I want to know. Um, and I don't necessarily think his, 
statement is wrong, actually. Okay. About bacon. Well, yeah. tell me about your opinion of the Enlightenment, what you think it means, and what these guys want to replace it with, if you could. Okay. So the Enlightenment is a very broad scope of thinkers. I mean, I couldn't list them all. I actually went and tried to look up all of them. I mean, I knew some of the, you know, obvious like Bacon and, you know, our founding fathers like Ben Franklin. The Scottish ones, I think, were the ones who were most instrumental. And were like Adam Smith, wasn't there? Yeah, Adam Smith. The French one was a little more of the rationalists, I believe. Well, there were some. And then there were like Rousseau. And I mean, there's there's so many Enlightenment thinkers. I mean, it's really, it's, I don't know how many there are, but it's more than 20. It might be like 50. I mean, it's so a they're, and they all have different thoughts. Very different thoughts. Okay. But what there is, but it's a, it was, it's more about the movement and what it resulted in. Now, I would say that at the time, and this is what I'm seeing kind of an, another iteration of, at the time there was enlightenment. And then there's what I would call kind of like the counter enlightenment people, uh, the counter enlightenment movement. The reactionaries back then. The reactionaries back then. Yeah. But it wasn't, they were moving toward, they were, I guess, kind of like a, moving like a predecessor to the romanticism. Uh, they were more of idealists. They were mystics. Um, so in the, I, I'll just like to clarify, I'm thinking of people like uh, John Gottlieb Ficke, people like Hegel, uh, Goethe. I never pronounced his name right, so I might have gotten that wrong. But, you know, like those people are very, I, I would consider them counter-enlightenment, but people lump them in with enlightenment. Now, the Enlightenment, again, is such a broad scope of thinkers. So it's not like you can pigeon them all in the same, like, they all think this way. But what the Enlightenment movement, the Enlightenment is how we got the Constitution. It's how we got the founding principles of the United yeah. States of America. They, I would codify it as it's kind of the collective of what the Enlightenment brought was this burgeoning of American classical liberalism. And it's really reason, logic, and faith. So. The, it's a combination thereof. So faith, faith, yeah, it's founded on Judeo, like Judeo-Christian principles are kind of the cornerstone of it. They're the underbelly, uh, and it's the which are uh, what the Ten Commandments. I would argue the Ten Commandments. Right. I mean, it's they. they it, yeah. I mean, no my mother's like as Catholic as it comes, and all she says is just follow the, the Ten, Ten Commandments, commandments and, and you'll be fine. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of. I mean. I mean, is that, does that satisfy you? Can we? Yeah, I, that's, I say that all the time. I'm like, regardless if you believe in no religion, if people, if they'll ever oh, be subscribed totally. to the yes. Ten Commandments. Yes. I, I like the Bill of Rights, too. A couple of, well, but, yeah, and I top think that, But I think that's just it. I think the Bill of Rights was founded on this principle of not necessarily outlining exactly right, right. the Ten Commandments, but it was this idea that there is this underpinning of morality. And there's also this notion that we were endowed with these rights from our creator. This is a novel concept. It's, you look at other yeah. countries, they don't have documents like the that. The Bill of Rights definitely reflects a, um, an opinion of the individual because what it does, if you read the 10, yep. it's just restraining the federal government exactly. from certain things against you. But this, I mean, we're already going to open the big question, which is, it doesn't, this idea of God-given rights, uh-huh. and I used to have this on the radio all the time, okay. which was, uh, you know, how can you justify invading Iraq when, you know, you would respect, you expect them to respect our sovereignty. That's uh-huh. what American exceptionalism right. is. But you don't respect their sovereignty. And, and you try to explain to them, like, they have the exact same rights as we do according to our own philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, or are you saying that 
our rights come from our government. So how is it, how can you have it? I don't new, think our rights come from well, government. Right, yeah. of course not. But how can you have, you You just said that the government or, or that that was never written out before in that way, like our human rights was uh, like uniquely American in that moment. But well, if it's a that, universal, timeless principle, was, why did it take so long? Well, it's not that they, it was, well, the notion that we have rights that were inalienable endowed by our creator. And that, but shit, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, shouldn't that have been inherently known to us since the beginning of humanity, if it's true? And was it, but just not written down? It, I, I think there are people who may have believed that, but they, it wasn't written down because there were, there were, it was battles of power, right? So prior to, like you look at the United States, like China. And, do you think China, ancient, like a thousand years ago in China, that concept could have made any sense? I might have, probably not, because it was being ruled by right. yeah. dynasties, yeah. right? Yeah. So they like suppress technology and stuff, so that yeah, they so it's, power, which is it's what power structures. Yeah. So they, it, they're the ones controlling. So they're not they're not going to give you. The, the whole point of this was to limit the government's rights, because the government's right. ability to preclude you from taking those rights because those rights are from God. But I do want to just address one thing because I, I had said the Judeo-Christian values, and I, I get kicked, pushed back on this all the time because that that a lot of the, you know... Well, there's a lot of tension and, between Jews and Christians, especially what we're talking about right yes, now. And a lot of the anti-enlightenment people are telling me, well, that's a psyop and it's a, you know, it's a socio... It's a what is it, a geopolitical construct, oh. and it's not real. But here's what I, I, I just to hear me out, what sure. I mean by that, I understand it's been used as a geopolitical construct. I can acknowledge that. That doesn't mean that, I mean, do Christians not acknowledge that there's an Old Testament? Like, yeah, definitely. There's, and there are some underlining principles that are those values, and I think that's kind of our founding, that's Western civilization. They were right. talking like, that's what Je Jefferson said. The Constitution can only work for a moral people, right? I, I'm misquoting yeah. it. Something like that, or whether it's just a moral people. And that's really what they were aiming at. It wasn't that you had to follow a specific religion. You could practice no religion. You could practice whatever religion you wanted. But this was giving individual liberty to the individual right. to believe and practice as they wished and then still be had that protected. Under, yeah. I would say I was taught in Catholic school, which okay. may not actually be a good source for okay. Catholic doctrine, but uh -huh. uh, I was taught that Christ replaced the two, the Ten Commandments with two commandments, but that the Ten Commandments were uh, distilled into the two commandments. Oh, like, love God and love your neighbor. Right. Which I'm like, really can't even quote Jesus' actual words, but... <laughs> <laughs> love God above all else and love your neighbor as yourself, right. I think, was how was oh. what it was. Yeah. I do too. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. So anyway, and I will also say that as far as human rights, I had not close the priest and he said, uh, and I would ask him questions like that, fundamental questions. Right. And I think it's, I, I, if I'm getting the philosophical things right, it's inductive. Like yeah. a baby resent, like taking candy from a baby, it's, you're violating his rights, but it's yeah. easy. So yeah. he knows it. He wants the candy. He's okay. trying to hold on to the candy. He screams and yells and yeah. he's taking it away from him because he knows it's his. He knows he has the right to defend it, but he doesn't have the power to defend it. But exactly. So it does demonstrate that you're kind of bored with this sense you of are. individualism. You are. Private property, 
personal autonomy. Like they do not like it if you you exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I I think that's a great example. Respond to their crying. Like you, you respond to it. You reinforce that they are correct within their rights. So I feel like it's that it's just that basic. Don't touch me or my stuff. And, exactly. And that's it. And that I think is distilled in the whole like a concept yes. of individualism. And of course, I would go further and say that individualism is the most um, is the most practical position because only the individual can actually control the behavior. So it takes a lot of enforcement mm-hmm. to like you know you need guilt over shame. Like you know there's a lot of enforcement yeah. involved if you cannot get people to buy in to the rules. Therefore, the rules must be in everyone's favor in an, in, in an equal way. Right. So you can't get somebody to buy into the rule that you are superior to me. Like you can, but you're going to, you know, then you have to have the responsibility as a king you or whatever. Can, exactly. You can change persuade people. Which is okay. You can persuade people, but then ultimately they have to consent to that persuasion. They have to be bought in. Yes, right. And an easy way to do it and thing that seemed to work for me. So I've always was a a fan of the Enlightenment. I was taught by, by, you know, very traditional Catholics to Mm -hmm. be classical liberal, like my Mm -hmm. father's classical liberal. And uh, so, however, there are terrible, terrible problems right now. And they derive from profound immorality and conflicts of immorality. And I have a couple of examples that I think like show this pretty well. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, the Enlightenment, uh, I, I just want to yeah, pressure sure, that the Enlightenment was definitely flawed. Um, I think the Constitution is flawed. I'm not even it saying was, it was flawed. I, I don't oh, know enough about it. Oh, no. I mean, I definitely yeah. think it was flawed. And I think the Constitution itself is flawed. Yes, it was definitely. created by humans. Yeah, look what happened. flawed, and therefore they're going to create yeah, flawed documents. But I think that there's, the reinforcing that is, there's a reason the rest of the world is looking to the United States to preserve the free will of humanity, because we have so far created the best system to get closest to aiming at that. And you know what? I actually think it worked until technology allowed super powerful, I would say, corporations. It's like the advent of oil mm-hmm. and then how the Rockefellers responded to that mm-hmm. and how it, you know, it yep. allowed this masses of wealth. Because if you look at the 19th century, um, I'm not saying it was as comfortable because we did not have the technology, but those principles seem to work. I understand the Civil War and we had that, you know, the foundational issue of slavery, which was, you know, I guess impossible to overcome. And the Civil War wasn't much. Et cetera. Yeah. And like, whatever. We definitely (laughs) cannot get into every issues. But, but, okay. So, um, so the two examples I would say is we have a battle in this country, like 50-50. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a theory of where it comes from. Okay. Let's just talk about the the question I have, which is the, the 50-50, ban abortion, pay for abortion. Uh-huh. So uh, what we're headed towards is a constitutional amendment that guarantees the right to abortion, mm-hmm. which is going to mean that we are all paying for it. Abortion on right. demand will be paid for in this whole country. That is where yeah. this PSYOP went. They could have just taken that Roe versus Wade, like, you know, gave you uh, 15 weeks or whatever, which I'm not saying that's correct. Right. right. But I knew that pushing it was going to backfire. And I think right. it will because I live in California where they already passed that. Well, where Men. aren't they vying for like post-birth abortion? No, right. It's, it's, oh, total. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I really feel like I could probably smother my own kids right now and not get prosecuted for it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, um, the, and the other thing I would say, this is a classic 
you know, example I've used is you go from banning homosexuality to forbidding Catholic mm -hmm. adoption agencies right. from uh, discriminating against homosexual couples. Right. Right. So we have this country that is literally like the morality is what's dividing us. I would I would say it's because we do not adhere to the Constitution and we, we the Bill of Rights. If we had just restored the Tenth Amendment, none of this stuff would be I a problem. Concur. So, however, we have this problem, and instead of all rallying, you know, I think I kind of answered the question in a way that you, I think, have told me that you yeah. feel like if we just rallied around that, restore the Constitution, which is why I liked Ron Paul, yeah. then we wouldn't have these problems. But I see the, the uh, actually younger generation with the, like, Christian nationalism or just even just not even going that far, just reacting to where— I was talking to a young guy who said, like, I just, he used to be a libertarian. He's like, I really think they should ban porn. Mm -hmm. It should be outlawed. Right. There's no, no good comes well, from that. Because you it have, should be outlawed. It, when you have such extreme degeneracy and it's so. Exactly. Yeah. And it's being almost like, and, and at this point it is being pushed on them. I mean. The, yes. I said. Uh, it's like being, it's being rammed down their throats. Yeah. The natural response is to want to go the other extreme and be like, okay, yeah. we have to push back on that. Yes. But. If we actually had true classical liberalism, people would have the liberty to pursue whatever perversion they want to, but not to force it upon other people. And this well, is what you, we've gotten. Yeah, well, I, I had to know, we have a society that we cannot expose our children to. Like mm -hmm. society, they, the only reason to even buy into society in the first place mm -hmm. is to you know, think of us as a human family. Right. And I, like, the, even just the screens, whatever, just, you yeah. can see them destroy the children. Yeah. And, um, oh, totally. Yeah. And, and then there's also the issue, which as, you know, uh, I, I mean, I used to call myself an anarcho-capitalist. Now I had, don't even know <laughs> what to think because I feel like that a little bit was a setup. But then you have this idea that adults in public schools can encourage children to have, uh, you know, gender changing surgery yeah. without their parents, you know, head them down that road to where you can't even, you know, a parent cannot. A parent they not even know. Let's right. Not, and yeah. divorces and stuff, like they really yeah. are taking the side of encouraging children to do that. And I actually think they're targeting children because they can't get adults to do it. Yeah. Well, I think, they just, well, I, I think they're also targeting children because, if, right, you know, once you capture you know, generation. Oh, I know. And it's just, yeah. and it's forever. And it's, no. it's forever, you know, and yeah. all of that. But like, these are serious, serious problems. And I guess, I mean, when I saw Trump replace Ron Paul, I mean, I think that's what, what's happening here. Mm -hmm. And is that Ron Paul was just telling us to restore the constitution. And when I was on the radio, you would not believe how many people, I couldn't believe how many people would call me and just totally understand what, like, learn the same thing from their dad that I learned from my dad. But right. just, we're, we're not hearing it on the radio. Right. And then Trump came in and, and it was just like, she's fat. Uh, and everyone's like, yeah, I understand she's fat. But, like, what she's saying, you know, is, who, who we're I'm just saying, like, he would make fun of congresswomen yeah. or whatever. And you'd like it because you didn't like what she said. Right. But he wouldn't really, like, Justin he, Amash used to publish the unconstitutionality of every single vote. Mm -hmm that he voted down. Right. And that's a totally better way to do it. I mean, I feel like it, some of the things, you know, Trump was saying and addressing was great, but 
ultimately, Trump was really such a product of what I think one of the biggest problems we're experiencing is that he's a cult personality. Definitely. So, like, that's what you're addressing. So he would, you know, he makes funny quips and he shames yeah. people. And because people can't seem to deal with the issues, then they, they appreciate that he's mocking them. But really, Ron Paul would talk about the real issues. And he, and he would dunk on these people. He like did. people would like it. And yeah, I mean, because he, but he was really revealing what you know some people knew for a long time, and we're so glad to hear somebody, yes. you know, say. And then other people were waking up to, yes. and you know, really happy to be learning. And in 2016, I would argue Trump d- was closer to that. But then, oh yeah, because he was hijacking it. Yes, and and when he said, "I knew," boy, did my like uh, truth dart go off when he said, "America first. Right. and people did not know what that was, but right. I knew what it was. Right, it was it's it 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 was in itself maligned, but in the 30s, people did not want to go to war, and they were like, "We're not going." Then this was before there was. Even Holocaust, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it can't have been anti-Semitic, but they turned it into an anti-Semitic thing. So then it was a bad word. And now look what it is. I know. And I learned it from one of those videos you sent me. The American First Movement <clears throat> is morphing into what it symbolized at first and that Trump acted like, oh, what? What's wrong with that? Right. Sounds fine. I'm like, well, you know, it's well, he was, got a lot of baggage. It, and it does. And it was also... It, uh, it was also kind of like a, the second iteration of Ron Paul's isolationism, right? Like that's a, so they were, yeah. and that was weaponized by Tavistock in the early 1900s because they were, they were trying to create the propaganda to get Americans uh, to engage in World War I on the side of the British. And so they they weaponized the term, I believe. Isolationist. Oh, yes, yes. And, and they, they kept saying that Ron Paul was an yes. isolationist and that's and why you, his foreign policy was looting tunes. And, uh, George Washington was a continentalist, yep. which is actually a valid position. Yeah. Because the bordering countries sure. are a threat and you have to be, they're legitimate allies. Right. Whereas, well, yeah, you, Ukraine is not you a don't legitimate You want to be at with somebody who's on your, right, right. on your board. Right, yeah. but Ukraine is not a legitimate ally. So, it actually, it's causing us problems. But I think that what happened with was that they, they so the this term America first was kind of, the, the way they contextualized it was in that context. They weaponized that. Initially, right, um, but then they encompassed also the these other yeah. comments. So now, so for I, I looked up, you know, I did it on Wiki, so I'm not gonna, yeah. you know, get a, any kind of real answer. Sure. But they said that it's uh, that. Well, I don't know if I'm supposed to name names if these people are. You can, you know, okay. So in one of the videos I was watching, they talked about the America First movement. They talked about Nick Fuentes. Mm-hmm who's supposedly a Catholic integrationist, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, but in Wiki, of course, it has a bunch of stuff about him, which I don't know if it's true or not, but that he's an anti-Semite and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. So uh, I, I have firsthand experience with going to APAC. And I was... Okay. Yeah. Oh, that was what it was? Yep. Oh, okay. Because America for the APAC. Yeah. And I wrote an article about it afterwards because oh, okay. I was devastated. I So I heard America first and I thought like Trump, America yeah. first. Mm-hmm. And... I was already at CPAC, and I was like, oh, it's right there. So oh, I went, and see. the whole just organization is a cluster. Like, it's yeah. a math. Um, it's, it fits. They, I ended it up having to pay twice. Does it organic to you? Oh, oh, I can prove it's not. Right, okay. Um, I mean, he, Fuentes was funded by uh, Michelle Malkin's husband, who was an economist for Rand Institute. Oh, my God, yeah. really? So he was directly funded. And then, of course, who are his... Uh, 
his acolyte. It's uh, Milo Yiannopoulos, we know was a, a Fed. It was, uh, who, who was the other one? Um, why am I blanking? Ali Akbar, who was like a convicted pedophile. Uh, you know, I'm not like, I'm not making allegations. Like we can go look that up, you know? Right, right. Um, and uh, who was the other one? And then of course, you know, Gay, which is, I mean, this I can't prove. I he looks like that, an MK Ultra victim. That's the thing. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's that. That's that's really just prove, a question of like which thing, you know? Not yeah. So, so I mean, there were so many. Oh, and who, I feel like there was one other who was like also a known Fed who he was uh, tied up with. But in any case, I mean, that whole organization, like, there's you just you go through their connections, and it's it's to me, it looks like that was. Well, I could have predicted that operation. was going to go yeah. anti-Semitic, which is but why, you know, I was worried, yeah. Uh, so I went, and I remember, like— <laughs> And by the way, that is not to say, which I, I do fault some of the people who— um, Again, I just don't like to pick fights with people, but mm-hmm. um, I did get the feeling like that with James Lindsay. He seems to say, like, if you object to what's happening— um, right now in Israel and Palestine that you're anti-Semitic. Has he said that? He he lumps the pa- anti, like, he lumps the DEI thing in mm-hmm. with, you know, anti-colonialism and wokeness. DEI, yeah. Protesting the Palestinian. But the Jewish Voices of Peace were thrown off of Columbia University for protesting. Yeah. The, you know, so that's that's something I, I don't, I don't want to, like, people use the term anti-Semitic to mean, uh, like, anything that objects to Israel at all. And I can't, you know, you have I mean, to look at the actual what's happening. So, I, I I mean, I haven't seen him say that. And I've actually had— He does it casually. Yeah. So maybe that if you actually yeah. asked him about his opinions there, I think yeah. he would probably say, well, you have to evaluate whether it's a just war. You have to evaluate— like how they, well, I think you know, they're very, colonizing that area or occupying that area. Like you have to look at the facts, right? And I mean, I don't want to just speak judge. I mean, I, I I'll ask him if I if I can have the opportunity. I will definitely ask. I don't want to speak for him, but I have pointed out definitely in conversation just on Twitter thread, and uh, he's he's acknowledged some of them. Okay. So I think he. But again, I don't want to put words in. Right. I don't want to yeah, me him. neither. But what I've said is that my. My issue with where people go with this is that I feel like people are just missing that this is a dialectic and this is a dialectical pull. Yes, right. And it's and they're pulling strings absolutely. Both and they ha- you have but the way I hate about it is that they're putting everybody you're in the basket of deplorables, mm-hmm. which means you're actually on the side of Israel, you know, in this mm-hmm. conflict. Right. And or you're in the basket, I call it of irrationals because there's no actual right. ideology of like the things you're supposed to do, like you're a communist, but you want a vax mandate, you know, that oh, right, right. benefits yeah. like, you know, it's just it's kind of a crazy thing. Right. Yeah, you're like woke, DEI, pro-Palestine, whatever. Like it mm-hmm. has to be, but politically, I'm not in that basket. I'm anti-war generally. You'd have to really well, make a good case to me. Yeah. I mean, when you look through the history, the book I keep, it was the book we did, we reviewed. And plus, the, I think everything's false flag, so there's basically well, never there's definitely, a just war. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I Well, I mean, right. the whole narrative was we're going we're gonna to achieve peace through war. So, I mean, I know. Yes. it makes okay. sense of that. Right. But the book that we we reviewed, the only mm-hmm. for yes, Milner, Yeah, the Milner P. And that really outlines it. That's the dialectic. Oh, because. Yes. I absolutely agree with James that they, they there's going to be a, di- a diaspora or whatever, and there's going to be that immigration, and then you're going to have that 
like the critical race theory is going to apply it's to immigrants. Critical, well, you can yeah, look it up. I critical agree. Immigration yeah, yeah, yeah. Theory. He's right about that. I mean, sure. go look up critical immigration theory just on Wikipedia. <laughs> right. I mean, it's already there. Like they're <laughs> okay. already paving the way for right. that. That's, that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, I did a whole thread on that too, actually. That's a, I mean, that's a very real thing. They're definitely pushing. But Yomra too, this was over a decade yeah. ago. And he, he pointed that out. He talked about how they were intentionally yes, yes. Islamifying the West. Uh, of course, they did it through Europe. And they, they, you my uncle was talking about that before 9-11. Right. It's like the Third World War is going to start in the first year of the new century, and it's going to come out of the Middle East. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's like, but you look at the Fabians. So the Fabians kind of had two camps. They, you know, some of them really supported the Zionist movement as like an outpost to the, you know, and this is, I think a lot more people are aware of this now because of the anti-Zionist pushback. So, you know, people know about the Balfour Declaration. They know about creating uh, the Zionist state of Israel as an outpost for the British military. Right. Um, right. I mean, that operates. It gets really... Yeah, but... Real so you had some of them who were really in favor of that, but then you also had, on the other side, people who were very pro-Islam. And not because they cared about the Islamic faith or they cared about the Islamic people, um, but because the they saw that it was so aligned with their uh, totalitarian right. agenda. Right. It was a really useful tool to push towards the same ends. And then you had really a large bulk of these really Fabian socialists who see, or and not just yeah. the Fabian socialists, because I mean it was, but it was all. But it's also really these. Yeah, it's an ideology to exploit. Well, no, no, it's the globalist architects who are pushing for the one world internationalist governing body. So they recognize that this is a great dialectical poll because now you have, you for them, it's not a religious battle. But if you can convince others that it is, now you have really heightened passions. So people are much more entrenched. Yes. Much they more likely. Brought, the uh, Muslim Jew thing here. Yeah. So like, really, like the, 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 everybody is saying like, we need to protect Jews on campus. We need to protect Muslims on campus. Like, yeah, but you... Seriously, we're well, and I think that's our conflict here where it really does. Well, I mean, I think this, we should stop paying for that stuff. I think but. this is part of the. Uh, I think they they beta tested this with the yeah. Vietnam War, right? This is part of the asymmetrical warfare strategy: is to infiltrate through the institutions, the academic institutions. Um, yeah. we have a lot uh, of evidence that there's already that there's page agitprop, right? That yeah. these people are being paid, funded, organized. It's like BLM. There's a reason it looks so much like the BLM, yeah. right? But they're doing it on both sides. But they're, they're doing no, it. Yeah. They're, but they're doing it to foster this kind of, uh, it, you know, heightened passions. And so the people are going to, so they're so... so people will call for a world government? Is that what you're saying? Well, the point is that, I, or is it that... No, if, if you first have, have the war. I, I think it's the war. So well, if you that's have the why conflict, I think that white nationalism or Christian nationalism or the stuff that's this reactionary thing, I think that one of the options, I feel like one of their, on their, you know, option tree... Is well, we could have actual like physical conflicts with these people and just kill them. Like I'm, I'm talking about the reactors. Like would be in, well, I are fully into a trap. Yeah, no one thinks it's a trap. Totally. So, and the goal, I think, ultimately, yeah. is you create this schism and then it's sublation. So you ultimately you overthrow Judaism and Christianity. And what what can they do then? They can usher in their worldwide government. Uh, and worldwide so, religion. So this, uh, yes, because actually... That's what they want, which looks bigotry, like it's going to be an AI god. Bigotry is a sin against the Holy Spirit. Like, you mm -hmm. can't 
have bigotry. Like, you can't be a practicing Catholic and harbor. Right. People, you have to confess that. Like, that's not something that's a a righteous person is allowed to, you know, champion and people should not follow that. Right. So when you were at this American First thing, what was the, did you want to? I was so devastated because I was so hopeful. I was like, it sounded so great, you know, and uh, my my fiance was very patient with me because he knew. He's like, you're going to hear uh, terms like Reuters. Wow. You might be the only girl there, you know. <laughs> they might not really like Jews too much. You know? he, he kind of like threw a couple of like things and um, was very patient, God. you know. And I went there and he was well, right. It was all incels. There was one other woman, I mean, at least. Wow, that I could really? See. I mean, there were no women there? there there, there may have been. I only saw one, and she happened to be sitting next to me. And she, the only reason she came was because her incel son dragged her. And it really was, I hate to use that term, but I mean, that's what it looked like. Right, right. And they were so anti-Semitic. And I just found it shocking because I'm like, you have alienated, just from a business perspective, forget from a moral or from a just that's human a point. Or if you're really a Christian, like, why would you be, be right? Don't be a bigot. Right. You know, love thy neighbor. Right. Like, yeah. So just from all of those perspectives, aside, though, from a business perspective, like, you have this platform that you claim was an American for the way it was presented. You know, you would, a lot of Jews who were, you know, conservative, I think, American. Yeah, I be think. so behind it. And you've alienated them. Like, I do want to talk about this in our Courtney on Courtney okay. conversation. But I do think that people, um, you know, they see the elite. Mm-hmm. They don't know a lot of Jewish people in their lives. Right. I, don't, I grew up in New York and the most Jewish county in the yes. country. And, um like, I didn't know anybody who was pulling any strings or anything. There right. was definitely a little bit of a different morality because a lot of them were atheists. Right. And, they were, like, they, they didn't have to mind their yeah. porn. Like, I was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I had to sleep in my boyfriend's bedroom. I was like, don't tell my dad. <laughs> what right. the heck? You know, it was, like, crazy. But um, but that was it. You know, it was just culture. Yeah. But I can—but, so it's the— um, so they're not looking to make alliances. And I think, wouldn't even think of what you're saying. To be no. like, you know, why do that? Whereas if you restore the Constitution, if you think of, you know, war in, or geopolitics in terms mm-hmm. of the actual facts. Right. And, you know, you can make those decisions. So, but I wanted to tell you about somebody who, if you <laughs> want to talk about like a Fed. Yeah. Um, so, these guys, I guess Nick Fuentes is, is associated with America First, and he's also called a Catholic integrationist. This is like mm-hmm. the extent of my research on that. Okay. <laughs> but when I was reading this article from Cato called The Return of the mm-hmm. Anti-Enlightenment, which you sent me, and I saw this name, Adrian Vermeule. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you would pronounce it. I he's a Harvard right. professor. Yeah. And I was like, this is what it says. Um, uh, Hazani and Deneen, it should be noted, and I Deneen definitely seemed like uh, glowy to me, are among the more moderate critics of the alignment on the right. Yeah. A more radical strain of illiberalism can be found in the Catholic integralists, mm-hmm. such as Harvard law professor Adrian Vermeule. Mm-hmm. Uh, they advocate that conservative Catholics in America should work towards a political order in which the state is spiritually subordinate to the Catholic Church and is based on its tenets and values. I can talk about that separately, but when I looked up when he became a Catholic integrationist, it was 2016. Do you know why I recognized his name? Why? 
because he co-authored with Cass Sunstein the paper called Conspiracy Theories, and in it, they created the concept of cognitive infiltration. I know that paper. <laughs> he co-wrote it. Because when you said the name, I'm like, what? It does sound well, like I, I mean, know that I, I, Yeah, because you I, would I, have yeah. to verify. I mean, I, I did look but to sanity check, but I was like, I know it is. So I just looked it up. And yeah. He, he is the one. That's He literally is the author of cognitive infiltration. And he is a Catholic integration, which <clears throat> I can understand why well, in a purely Catholic country like the yeah, Philippines, sure. they're going to have abortion is going to be illegal. Right. And they're going to enforce. What I understand what actual Catholic teaching is in a Catholic state, confessional state, whatever they call yeah. it, is that you don't persecute anyone practicing their religion, but they are not allowed to proselytize. Now, you don't force people to practice, but the laws are informed by the morality. But it's not like a welfare state or anything. Like, seriously, you wouldn't have that, but you, yeah. abortion would not be legal. Right. And... So I is mean, it a theocracy or it's not? No, it's not. It would not be a theocracy. So but, I'm not advocating for this. And I, it's certainly sure, in happen in America because you would... No! It's, that's not where it's... it's I, I was going to say it's too late for America to do that. Not that it ever could, but it's too late for the Catholic Church because... What authority would you turn to? Like, well, France is totally corrupt. This is the problem. And this is, I feel like, the kind of blind spot. We all have blind spots, you know. And this is kind of the blind spot of the people who are criticizing classical liberalism. Because just the fact that they are able to have, I mean, one, the technology kind of came out of the Enlightenment, you know. I like that. Like, Europe was so outpaced Asia in technology, like I'm talking about yeah. hundreds of years ago. Yeah. And I completely attribute that to liberalism. Totally. Yeah. So because the they're the IQs don't get are higher. Yeah. 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 Right. Because that, that's what spawns creativity, right? Yeah. You can't have creativity when you're suppressed, right? Yeah. And they literally suppress technology. It's yeah. not like they, the creativity might even have been there. Right, right. But yeah. they literally took it offline. Exactly. Tesla style. So there's that. And then there's also the freedom of speech, right? To be able to have your opinions, to be able to practice your faith. And I, I think that that, I mean, that's the cornerstone of the classical liberalism. So the, the alternative is then, which tyranny do you want to choose? And I understand their critiques. Their critiques is that what they're, I, I think, I don't want to be putting words in other people's mouths, but, and of course it's many people, so it's not like, Absolutely. you know, one, and they don't all agree. But the thing that kind of, if I was to look for kind of a common theme in what I'm seeing is people have an issue with this hyper individuality, like this kind of, you know, they're seeing just this rampant materialism and this, narcissism. That's not classical liberalism. I would argue, I mean, that's a byproduct of a lot of things, but I don't think that's a result of, you now does classical liberalism allow for that? And does it uh, uh, provide a platform where that can breed? Yes, of course. It, and that's part of the downfall. You're going to have things you don't like as well as things you may like. But ultimately, the, the hope yeah. is that you have individuals. And if you were to strengthen the individuals in and the family, the, the small units, and you had some sort of a moral foundation, right? And that should come from See, that. That should come from the most localized region. And if you had that, then culturally you could, you know, mitigate some of this just complete, you know, corruption. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I agree that it actually comes from 
classical liberalism that that I think that I think that family and community and that local stuff is actually natural and organic and that it took a, a really massive concerted effort by forces that were organized mm-hmm. were were illegitimate actually mm-hmm. broke laws to get it done um infiltrated institutions that public institutions that should not have existed under the you know constitution right. the problem is that it, it it hasn't defended itself in my which may, may mean that it can't can't exist mm-hmm. you know but it may mean that however i think it could exist if we were willing to defend it yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not. These are the people who would be willing to defend it, and they're getting sidelined. Who? I think the the Christians, mm-hmm. Christian nationalists, forever. I think those are people. A lot of them are post libertarian. Almost all I, of them. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So what they're saying is it didn't work, and I've they're got saying liberalism kids. I know, but but I think I understand why they think it failed, but I feel like. It would be better to attack the shadowy enemies that work in the dark. Oh, I agree. To undermine this stuff. And I, right. No, I, I think what you're getting at is exactly right. I don't think, so when I see the classical liberalism, uh, I, it's not that I think it breeds it. I think it allows for it because you're going to have all different types of individuals and not all individuals have the same morality. Yeah. So it allows for it. However, I agree with you. What you're addressing, I think, is that there is a, there there's been concerted efforts to inject the culture and to breed this type of I, I don't know how else to put it but essentially degeneracy uh, and perversion that we're seeing and they this has been intentionally done by the enemies of I mean I would call them the enemies of humanity and I would agree that rather than attacking classical liberalism which I think if you were to actually reinforce that could be like a it could be a defense against some of well, what we're seeing. Here's but, okay. Here's a very specific thing. Okay. The Civil Rights Act, yeah. one of them, I think the one in the 60s, there's one in the 50s also. Okay. Instead of saying governments mm-hmm. cannot segregate by mm-hmm. race. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Instead of saying governments cannot segregate by race, right? Uh they said no one can, private property owners mm-hmm. are not allowed to discriminate on the people who come into their establishment. Right. Okay. So once you do that, yeah. if people, if, if you had a little community, mm-hmm. gated community, right, and it said it has to be, if you get a divorce, you have to move out. Mm-hmm. It's husband and wife. If you don't, if you don't end up having kids, you got to go. Mm-hmm. Right. So okay. if you wanted something that was absolutely your religion, your race, your, your culture, everything, and okay. the four walls of your, community. Yeah. There's nothing in the Constitution that would not allow you to do that, right? That's liberalism. Mm-hmm. But it also lets you not ha- not tell other people what to do because you have your private property and mm-hmm. you can you can just agree with other people voluntarily to keep it up, but they ha- they pass laws to prevent that. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, this is the old thing like li- liberalism didn't fail like it got whatever well, I'm sure liberalism wasn't tried, but I think it was pretty much tried. Like, I think it was working. And I think, like, Sweden had socialism that I think they were kind of happy with. And then they killed the, the mm-hmm. prime minister and they got a whole bunch of immigration of people who were culturally different. Like, I'm, I, I think, I just feel like smaller cultures 
Well, yeah, are, are, you I don't need a bunch of laws. You don't need overarching laws. You don't need to resolve the issue of abortion or whatever at, at the federal level. No, well, I think it, the Constitution work. precludes it. Yes, right. So the, I mean, then you go right back to that. That's a, I, I agree with you. It should be hand, things should be handled locally. It's not it. it the, there's no constitutional purview for the federal government to dictate any policy on abortion. That's just not within. It's not there. Not in the document. So the federal government has no business being involved one way or the other. Whether. The moral issue of abortion is totally separate from whether or not right. the federal government has any business to make any policy. Right, and it's cultural. It. And I feel like these people wouldn't be so mad if, uh, or feel so frustrated and powerless if, if they weren't being encroached upon, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's on purpose. I think, like you're saying, this is, you know, I, I just read you the name of the yeah. guy who basically, yeah. you know, started it. And, it well, and that, I mean, that, that was like, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm seeing. This looks yeah. like a cognitive infiltration movement. And I feel like it's a, it's a dialectical movement because now they're able to inject this kind of, this whole sentiment, this ideological kind of milieu into the right that will achieve the same goal ultimately. Right. And so both are vying for the same thing, just coming from a different angles. Absolutely, I agree with you. And I would say what provoked it was the transgender kid stuff. And it was intentional. Oh, yeah. It went too far on purpose of to course. spark the reaction. Yeah. And I, I was calling that, I remember when they were really pushing. Now, I know people don't like to say that, you know, the, the same-sex marriage was in the same, you know, category and that it would, they say it's not a slippery slope. But I remember thinking this, I, I mean, I remember being in high school talking about this, and I was like, next they're going to push for bestiality. Because it really, if you look at it from a, even from like a spiritual religious perspective, this idea, they, you know, they, they worship like the, the hermaphrodite. You know, it's like that demiurge. Mm -hmm. And it, that is the ticket to the transhuman. Because if you, if you don't have any kind of... Uh, any kind of metric for what is a woman, what is a man, and you're not going to honor the the biological nature of reality, then why can't we just merge with machines? Why? What, what does it mean to be human? What? Why does it matter? The it does. I think it's a mimetic. Yeah, like even the language, like they yeah. they won't allow you to acknowledge it in language that it's a real thing. And even in the language, they rarely say like transgender or transsexual. They say trans. Oh, yes, yes. And so yes, I really think stepping stone. Yeah, I think they're priming this mimetic, I know. So what do you think? Well, I would ask you what is like the solution to, you know, having a society that we can expose our children to. But what do you think that the Christian nationalists, for example, want? Because it seems to me, if you were like Russian Orthodox, there's a, there's a patriarch. Uh -huh. You know, Catholics have this pope, which definitely Catholic you know, integralists are not going to want this pope right. to be in charge. So then you've got a schism in the Catholic Church, yeah. which would be enough of the reason for any of this, to be honest with you. Right. Because Catholic Church is powerful. And sure. um, I don't know if I told you this, I knew a guy from when my banking days who was a, a, like a big, he's not anymore a big shot yeah. European banker, but he was at the time really powerful old money. And I asked him who was the most powerful person in the world. I was like, this is my chance. Right, right. And he said, he said, I'm talking power, not influence. Right. It's your pope. I was like, my pope? <laughs> your pope. Has, yeah, yeah, right. Um, I think it was Benedict at the time. So I was like, right. I was okay with that. 
But uh, most powerful. Now, Francis seems like a puppet to me. So I think right. there's an absolute paradigm shift, like in that yeah. moment. Like, and there's these stories about like what really happened. Whenever I'm not gonna get into that, but right. they create a schism in the church where they actually get the the traditional Catholics to leave uh-huh. and abandon that power base instead of working within it. Like that in itself would it, your Milner Fabian conspiracy is like a slam dunk after that. Yeah, for sure. So I but but what do you think the Christian nationalists like what who what's the authority? Do you or is it just a different rule of law rather than the rule of law, which is the foundational law in a classical liberal situation like ours, they would just take the doctrine of their their religion or the or, Bible I or like the, their interpretation of the Bible? Yeah, I think they're vying for a theocracy. I I mean that's that's kind of what they were saying when I went to that app pack. But we can't even agree on the religious stuff. Uh, well, we don't even have the same it's leader. Like, it's like if it's going to be Christian, if we're going to be a Christian nation, we're going to be a theocracy. Which Christianity? Is it going to be Catholic? Right. Is it going to be Mormon? When I lived in Texas, I had both Lutheran. Yeah, I had a Lutheran and a Baptist told, tell me that they were taught in church that Catholics were bad. Right. I, it, you know, so I, I don't I, know how we're going to align ourselves. So, so is it going to be orthodox? I mean, wh- which Christianity? So, yeah, I'm with you on that. But I don't know that they thought that far. I think they just think it's going to be their version of Christianity. And and that's so then we're, we're at the same place. This is where it always goes. This is the problem because people think they they're they're fine with their tyranny. <laughs> If they think they're going to run it. Well, this is why, like, I have a whole problem with, you know, I brought up ARC before. You know, they're going to be the counter to the World Economic Forum, supposedly. Meanwhile, the funding entities are basically the same arm. So it's, like, really left and right and. Oh, is that, like, the C, there was a, there's, like, a CFR counter thing, too? Like, the CNR or the CR? I haven't seen that. Oh, yeah, like, the CFP. No, that's the Council for Relations. Yeah. But it's, there was something that, like, Bannon was, in and Ron oh, with was accused of being asleep. Miles Gow, uh, Miles Gow, that with the. Yeah, I don't know. I don't okay. know. But there was something. I'll look into it. There was like a counter. Oh, CFR. send me that. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, I definitely want to see that. But I mean, even with that, I'm like, I think basically they're ultimately pushing toward, again, just this dialectical pole. And they're pushing toward the same omega point. And it's just that they want to be in charge of the technocracy. Right. These are the, you know, the, the same, but it's ultimately the same billionaire I mean, running the show. I'm not going to say it didn't, it, it, it wasn't a thing, you know, it wasn't a thing in other places that have right. 100% Catholic. Right. You know, like abortion is illegal in Ireland. Right. Because right. it's a Catholic country. Right. But this isn't a Catholic country. It's, not, it's I guess it's a Protestant country, but there's just too many sects. It just seems... I mean, it could, it just, it just doesn't seem like. The whole founding, the First Amendment, people seem to forget that. They, they, they remember freedom of speech. But that is that like Congress can't establish a religion, which is you're saying they're asking for. Yeah, well, the whole, yeah, the whole First Amendment. So the Constitution's got to go. The, right, the First Amendment, the very First Amendment, people seem to remember freedom of speech. They seem to forget. Freedom of yeah. religion. It's not freedom from religion. It doesn't say freedom of religion. It says Congress will not establish a religion. Right. I mean, with the, when you actually look up the, but that's... Yeah, no, I know, I get it, I, that, I get it. But I'm just saying, like, that is an important distinction because... Yeah, that we cannot be a theocracy. That, because they actually use that to make people take down their nativity scenes in a town hall in a right. town in Indiana, and that and definitely didn't mean that. No! So... It doesn't mean that at all. Yeah. And then the other is to redress grievances, which nobody seems to do anymore Assembly. And, and right to peaceably assemble. Yeah, they completely suspended the Constitution for... 
this, uh, whatever, COVID policy. For, I know. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm going to look it up just so we can read it. But, <laughs> Good. but yeah, but it is. So this, the freedom of religion is really, really important. So this idea that we're going to institute one religion to rule over, you would have to overthrow the Constitution. That's the very first thing. But amendment. what would you think about... What Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise oh, thereof. Oh, very good. Oh, all right. I didn't even. Or, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot that. Very yep. good. Excellent. Or abridging the freedom of speech, of course, of, or of the press or the right of people to people peaceably assemble and to petition the government for redress. Interesting. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I totally forgot that. Like, Really? Like, it yeah. was blocked out of my mind. Yeah, that's interesting. I was like, no, 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 freedom of religion. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally did freedom not see practice that. practice whatever you want, even whether you like what they practice or not. <laughs> okay, so I want to ask you a question. So what would you think about, I mean, I think we covered, definitely covered it with the, with the Constitution, but I'll ask anyway. What would you think if, we agreed that these federal laws, which we have, that are unconstitutional, they, they'll probably pass amendments, which is just annoying because yeah. it's contrary. To I don't the think principle. there should be amendments. Yeah, there'll be a, a, a yes, right. Amend, there'll be a not a living document. There'll be there will be exactly. So, but what would you say to the idea of in this country informing laws according to what I would even say that. I don't know much about Islam, but let's say the Judeo-Christian thing or just say the Ten Commandments. What if you, or I don't know what Noahide laws are, but everybody tells me like that's the that's the secret plan, but I don't know what I, they are. I, yeah, <laughs> so, but what about the Ten Commandments? I assume it's not the Ten Commandments. So, but let's talk about the Ten Commandments. Like, I, I think Islam probably follows the Ten Commandments and other stuff in addition. But what if that were part of the system? I don't system? know if Islam has the Ten Commandments, actually. I mean, they're supposedly built on the but other two religions. There's some overlap. There is some overlap with Christianity, but I don't actually think they have the Ten okay. Commandments. So let's just say— I could you, be wrong. I'd have to look that up. But would I, you, I mean, it would be absolutely impossible to pass a law and not to covet somebody's— stuff like first of all the country is built on that <laughs> so they're, they're definitely not banning that but yes that gets into an internal conscientious thing but yeah i'd honor your parents like that would well, be a difficult I think thing to already i mean some of them are already in bed yeah, yeah murdering and killing but they, but you know what there are no federal crimes those are not federal crimes federal crimes are treason and counterfeiting if I'm right, not mistaken, that's what. Right. So, well, that applies so it doesn't to matter. Yeah. So, we're back to where we started, which is you just have to restore the Constitution. You simply must. Really? Yeah. Classical liberalism is far from perfect. Got, yeah. But I really think if we reinforce the individual, but this is what I do want to caveat is that radical individualism, first of all, it's antithetical to human nature. We're herd creatures, we're social creatures. But that is a, a, an important point. Right. So, this, like, they, I feel like it's the anti-human, the parasite class who have injected this, and it is to build the model of consumerism that is so deeply rooted in materialism. And if anything, I mean, that's really like, you know, Marxism. It's really not, that's not classical liberalism. But I, I would say that it's not that kind of radical individualism that I'm advocating in classical, when I talk about restoring the individual in classical liberalism. When I talk about restoring classical liberalism, it's restoring individuals who work 
in, who want to be functioning members of society. You know, the type, we've gone so far, like and the culture is, I, I, I know. know there's ever getting any back. Like, but it's not going to, I don't think it's going to improve by having all these mystical cults. <laughs> I I don't, yeah. I don't, don't think that's the interesting. I understand the, I understand the proclivity and I understand because you, that that is the natural tendency when things have gone so far one way is to want to overcorrect and go completely into the other extreme and be like, no, we have to. And here's what I would say. I advocate for those who, of whatever faith, like, so if you're a Christian and you're seeing, you know, all this trans stuff or whatever it is you're opposed to, stand in your faith, you know, lead by example, definitely set boundaries within, you know, for yourself and within your, your family you know, if you don't want your children going to school where they're forced to be immersed in that, or you don't want them seeing movies and television Absolutely. where they're subjected to that, I encourage boundaries. that. Yeah, yes. boundaries. So, and that's why I like absolute that. private property rights. You should have absolute private property rights. Yeah. I mean, restoring the 10th Amendment is critical too, but absolute private property rights, then you don't have to extend the borders of what you control. Right to the limits of the country. I mean, that's what they do. Like, the immigration would not be a problem. Immigration shouldn't be a problem in Texas at all because those guys get to stand on the corner of their property (laughs) with a gun. Exactly. Not not, not right here, but then what do we do? We don't, because I had a friend, probably told this before, but he had a ranch that that spanned the Rio Grande and um, he was like, he was Texas now, but like they were Mexican before. I don't know what the hell, but anyway, so he got divided by the Rio Grande, but his property went all the way up to the river and okay. he used to go up to the river and now he can't go up to the river anymore because the drug lords enforce the boundary. So if you get too close, they just shoot anybody who's not theirs. If you're not wearing like a red jacket, wow. you're out. You're out. But, but I believe that the government building the wall and stuff like that, they took over the border pieces mm-hmm. and they did not need to do that it, it should just be like flood insurance whatever mm-hmm. like if you're if you're in a, if you have a ranch on the border it's practically free but you're the guy you know you're right. the guy and then the next guy in his his land's gonna be a little more expensive but he's the guy too and right. then right. you know what i mean if you get to live in indiana there's gonna be a premium for not being a border place you know right. and there's no you can just do it just like that but here we are talking about that theoretical stuff, and and it starts to make me a little bit hopeless because, you know, we just seem so people are moving even further away from that, and Ron Paul was bringing them back. Yeah, and maybe he was there to to dive off a cliff in the end. I don't know. Like you know, I, I don't I know. Don't but think so. I mean, what he, I see is that so many of these different movements, and it's so interesting that he was the guy who wrote the. I know. I was <laughs> like, are you? Kidding me? Because this is what I see. That's a distinctive name. Everywhere. Yeah, it is. It's the cognitive. And what I really see, and even when we talk about like the Israel-Palestine, the goal is to create this internationalist world governing body. And I feel like all of these different movements and all of these different cognitive infiltration, all of these dialectics. So when you talk about the dialectic, like that's, it's to spiral towards the Omega point. For Hegel, the Omega point was God equals state. And for these people, it's the world-governing body that is— See, all of this had made, has made me personally way more religious. Like, I, yeah. I'm not even more faithful. Right. Like, I'm really not sure there's a God who knows my name. Right. And he's just like, you know, I just have absolutely no idea, but mm-hmm. I'm taking Pascal's wager. Right. right. it's better anyway. Like, of it's course. Just, it's so hard to— 
to find hope in that morass that you're describing. Yeah. And I will say that people do have faith. And I like I admire that. And in Muslims and Christians sure. and everybody who has faith and religious Jews, everybody who has faith, yeah. are, they're harder to get to. Exactly. Because well, that's they part of why they want purpose. to. Over, yes. That's and, why they want to overthrow the religion. I mean, that's right. what Shop said. And it seems so inherent to us to be that way. It mm -hmm. seems like we have that higher power imperative. And I feel like that is actually the greatest hope, even if it's not true. Like, I'm not even saying God's going to come down and fix everything. Right. I'm saying the fact that we have that mm -hmm. higher um, calling or higher, like, um, existence, we, they may not be able to conquer us. Yeah, I agree. I, absolutely. Because you have an internal compass. And, and it'll just never stop. Yeah. Uh, so the one of the arguments from a lot of people who are buying for our counter-enlightenment types are, is they're saying the future is, you know, inevitably religious anyway. And that may be true, but that doesn't mean that you should decide what religion that is. So it's, well, because ultimately... I, right, so it's like yeah. the, it, it's going to be a battle of I think the the parasite class is pushing for a one world religion, and they are, and theirs I think is going to be an AI god. I mean, that's what. But it, they the are. Cybersense. They want it to be syncretic, whatever. Like mm -hmm. they want it to be everybody's together. I agree with you. Islam yeah. is the better is the better one because it's a, it's a good model because, because it's Catholics very took oppressive. An Aristotle. Which some yep. people say is not right, that that the church was actually Platonic, and that's what all the cloisters and stuff were. Yeah. At that time, the abbeys and stuff were Platonic, and then Aristotle was a little bit of a, you know, liberal revolution or whatever. But, yeah. I'm not—you're always better informed than I am. But in any case, so—but we have that, so that, that's not going to be the right structure. Right. And um, I don't know enough about the Jewish, you know, infrastructure there to— I just want— They don't seem to have a fearless like leader, so— Everybody wants to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I'm like, right. I think, you know, it's not like— It's not like everything Plato said was wrong, everything Aristotle said was right. No, no, right? I'm just saying that the structure— No, no, no I get not, what you're getting at. not plug and play. Whereas, like, they say, like, um, in Sandy Hook— mm -hmm. They were they had like a like that religion. Is it Benai Breath? Which is the one? It's like in Tel Aviv. There's one that had like a supposed to be the seat of the future world government. Um, religion. Oh, there's another one I'm gonna have to get. Benai Breath. I don't know what that is. Benai Breath. I mean, what is as that? Far as, that's like a. I, I mean, that's like an. A, it's a it's a religious movement, but as far as I know, it's like an arm of the British intelligence. I don't. Oh well, then yeah. that makes perfect sense. Uh, that, that's I exactly what I'm talking the, about. The ADL is, yeah, yeah. That's exactly. I'll I'll try to find that. But there was supposed. There's a there, lot there's of a documentation. Name for it. It's that, like a universal religion that's seated in Tel Aviv that had some uh, stuff going on in Sandy Hook or Newtown or whatever. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. You know, we said that uh, Sophia Smallstorm. I'm the second her. She was. That's because. You're late to the movement. I'm very late. I she know. was a 9-11. Like, event stuff that truther. I missed. She was, no, she was a 9-11 truther. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, her name alone makes me wonder what's up with I that. I know, but, Sophia. But she, the Gnostic God. <laughs> oh, is it, is it? Maybe it's a different name, but Small Storm was her last name. But she, but regardless, she did do a lot of work on the universal religion. So, so okay. when you're saying to me that people are getting together— 
do away with the alignment, pick a religion. I'm like, that's a plug and play thing. It, it looks yeah. like it to me. You know, so I'm not saying these people shouldn't, people should have their religion. That's part of classical liberalism. And I actually think it's a bulwark against this degenerative yes. culture. Well, and, and I the, want and people the to domination have. of the world. Absolutely. Trans. Totally. I mean, government. I, I support them. And I, I think most most religious people I know are like, they're wonderful. I mean, that's a lot of these people. To be I like my, these Orthodox I people. I like them a I lot. Like they're, they've got their. I just don't want. It's the neighbors of my mother, like, bring her food all the time. They're, they're horrified that my mother lives alone. They bring her food all the time. Totally. Like, there's something in their religion that makes them, you know, and they care. They think God's watching. And that's great. Love thy neighbor. Yeah. yeah that's, they should think God's watching. That would be awesome. Totally. <laughs> so I, I I want to encourage that. What I don't want to encourage is that there's going to be a theocracy, that people have to follow one religion and that, you know, that everything has to be dri- driven towards, you know, some sort of, it, essentially it ends up in tyranny. Well, that's my, one of the things in their option tree. But I do believe, so if it works out like that, they'll be psyched. But I yeah. think it's more like the Hungarian Revolution. Like they want everybody to come to the table. So it create well, maybe not like the Hungarian Revolution where they would just kill everybody. So the Hungarian Revolution, we told them to rise up against the communists. Yes. And then they killed them all. We right. did it in Iraq too. I know. But this other one would be more like um, just... Uh, even if it didn't come to that, it would be where they go too far and they turn people off. Right. And then the other side of the dialectic is the thing that well, I And I think that's part of the, so I think that's part of the psyop. Yeah, there's no yeah. synthesis. It's right. just spiraling upwards, yeah. the omega point. Yes. I mean, which is the synthesis, right? It yeah. gets subsumed. So it gets, a, it, it's like the Yeah, aura. it gets synthesized, but I don't think that it would be I think it's 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 not going to synthesize well like you get like a little bit of both. Right. You're going to have that energy. It'll be like Trump. Like you hollow out the content. Yeah. But you exploit well, the energy. Haven, this is literally Afhaven, right? So Afhaven is in German. The, the term means to lift up and preserve while tearing down and canceling. This is where we get Afhaven to culture. Right. The Frankfurt School codified that term. Right. Um, and that, that's essentially cancel culture. Right. But this is why it's such a oxymoronic kind of phenomenon because it is a hollowing out. So you have the the frame, but essentially it's meaningless. And, right. And this is part of the concretization, right? This is that that's the and that's part of how the spiral occurs. I don't know what concretizes. So it's like they're. <laughs> so you're taking these different parts of the of the dialectic, right? You're taking the two parts. And you're taking something that might have been like an abstract term, right? An ab- abstract right. kind of a concept. You have thought this to me before, so yeah. it's my bad. But no, 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 it's a tough concept. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that it's a tough concept, but it's a, but we see it all the time, so we witness it. So when we're seeing it, we we know it. But to think of it philosophically, I get that it it all feels very abstract. But it is this idea that this is why the 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 reductionistic way of saying it is kind of like thesis antithesis and the fifth but it's more than synthesis because it's a you you sublated the the two previous in order to get to the oh i see yeah so they they kind of that's why like the ouroboros is kind of the you know the symbol for it because it's eating its own but it becomes a part of itself and so you're so when you're concrete concrete i can't say but concretizing something yeah so you're now, you're solidifying it into something, whereas before 
you had these different parts, but really ultimately it becomes more abstract, even though that it's this Oh, you have to start, you have to keep doing it. Exactly. So that and that's why it spirals, because you keep getting so now from that concretization, you now have a new abstract that presents itself. And so okay. it keeps going around. That's how you get so so we I think let's bring back down yeah. to earth like a yeah. good like to part on something um practical and yeah. helpful. Like that's I mean, what I mean, because it's you, so you vote? <laughs> I mean, are you gonna I mean don't don't answer that question. I don't even want to know. But um do you do you think that it's we still have time within this framework? Is there any are we losing it? I like so, process. We yeah. have not lost the process. There's some good lawyers out there. They'll fight good fight. I, yeah. I, so this is my thought is that I don't have like, I'm not prescient. I don't know the future. I don't have the answer. Uh, but I think that even, like even some, what I hear from a lot of religious people is like, God has it, you know, God wins in the end. And it's like, yes, but that doesn't mean that you just give up, like that we all have. Oh, purpose. yeah. We're here for a we're reason, exactly. obviously. So we need to do our part and we're here to play our role. And so I feel like do, I think that there's much power in U.S. voting. I honestly don't think so at this point. Does that mean I'm not one of these people who thinks that then the answer is to give up? Because here's a, the, the best analogy I can think of. If you're, if you're watching a crime, so do you just like turn away? That is that going to stop the crime from happening? Even if you're not going to be able to stop the crime, do you just like look away and pretend right. it didn't happen? So I feel like, the, and if anything, that just justifies the criminal. Well, okay, nobody stopped her. There's no, yeah. you know, there's no consequences. And, you know, I'm in the right. I can do whatever I want. So I feel like that just empowers the the corruption if we don't play the system. So, yeah. I do think we need to play a role. Do I think that, I, I think the, the voting is so corrupt at this point. Yeah. But I think that the best thing to do is to work within the system, fight the system, build parallel systems sim simultaneously. And I think we need to restore the individual. And I think that you do that through the family. You know, there needs to be, a, we need to get back to having family structures. They're trying to decimate the family. And I don't even just mean the nuclear family. I mean, that would be a good start. But I think the nuclear family was created actually to break up. Yes, because the Lanny of Greener Postures and Chud said. Yes, and I do think that um, religion, like, so I was away from the church for a really long time. And then uh, my kids, I ended up putting them in a religious school mm -hmm. just because I wanted what they were teaching them. And I didn't think I was capable. And my husband converted just because he was next to me, my father was like, you have to get, convert that guy. I was like, ugh. <laughs> but he did, because he liked it. But, but I've seen now that there's so much good, like, wisdom, and I mean, I could call it ancient wisdom, I really don't yeah. know the history of it, of how, so right now, my kids are just going off to college. Yeah. And, the, and my husband only understood this because, like, the priest told him this. Like, it's his turn to kind of be the primary parent mm -hmm. because he's been in the world all this time. And you could say, like, oh, she's a woman. And he's, but, but the reality is mm -hmm. I've been home. Like, I, yes. I've been honing my grilled cheese skills. But, okay. you know, and yeah. so on the line, like, they, when they miss coming home, they, that's what they want. But yeah. when it's like, how do I um, get this apartment or, I, mean, I don't know how to get an apartment, but... Still, like, uh, 
how do I conduct myself in this interview? Right. Like, I'm, I'm out, of, out of the loop. I don't even know, like, a lot of that stuff is, has a lot of technology. You have to actually totally. be fluid and be able to talk about that stuff. And my husband, I mean, I was just like, you got to ask that. And he rises to that because he was literally instructed to do so. It wasn't me like, you know, you really have to be me, me, You know, he was instructed to do so. And yeah. you just don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to make mistakes and learn as you go yeah. when there are these these cultures. And the the public, like public schools, the, the government, the institutions, they, as my son and I like to say, like, they don't love you. They're yeah. not doing what they're doing because they love you, you know? Right, right. So when my, my daughter started to rebel, my son was like, she loves you. Right. He's like, oh, right. You know, I like, got it. <laughs> that, that got it took like two years, but yeah, there was definitely got it. And so there is a lot of value in the culture. And I, and I have a lot of hope to the family and I absolutely encourage people to revisit their religious roots yeah. because there's a lot of I think wisdom in it. Yeah. And, and truth. Truth, absolutely. Yeah. I think regardless of uh, like what religion you are, I don't think anything is lost by having people read the Bible. That does it, And I would encourage all, you look back at, at like our founders actually are a really great example. Most of them were not formally educated, but all of them had read the Bible and they weren't all Christians. Interesting. But they had all read the Bible. And it, you look at the Federalist Papers, they were fourth grade reading level. I send them to very erudite people today. I like the, the anti-Federalist paper. <laughs> I mean, for, yeah, me too. I like the anti-Federalist all the way. I, but, and, and I do want to, yeah, God. Most I was just going to say most people can't read them and can't comprehend them. And I would say like with the Bible, um, if you've ever read Marcus Aurelius's Meditations mm -hmm. or the Yoga Sutras of mm -hmm. Patanjali, yeah. these are, these predate. If they I, do? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, pre, I mean, Patanjali definitely does. Yeah. Uh, they predate the New Testament, anyway, sure. and it's just so clear that there are, this universal wisdom has been written down and carried out, and and the stuff that's coming out of TikTok, and you defend defended some of the good stuff that comes out of TikTok, and I respect that, and I appreciate yeah. it, because I was just, like, wanting to throw the baby out with that <laughs> right. But, I mean, this consumerism is Satanism. Totally. No, whether there is a saint or not, do what thou wilt, which is the message, could not be further from this ancient wisdom that you can that is that all Americans could embrace from their own cultural history. And this is the problem with a lot of the counter enlightenment arguments is that that it is predicated on this do what thou wilt type of uh, philosophy. And I would argue that that's not entirely false. There is elements of that, but you can't. You can't then throw out like all of the, you know, all of the good stuff that came out of it too, because all of the good, human beings are, can, we're, we're complex and we're not all good. You know, that yeah, is well, it's an alternative nature. to uh, autocratic tyranny, right? Exactly. Is the idea. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's the alternative. Was so. it um, Lord Ashton who said, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Right. Was, men was, are not usually good men, but you know what he was talking about? I think it was attributed to Lord Alton. Oh, Axon. that's right. Axon. But it was, he was talking about when it was, whatever, decided or revealed that the Pope was infallible. Oh, interesting. Which, you know, like that will, that will give you a little pause there to think, like, be careful what you wish for, you know. A king is a king, I guess, but. 
Anyway, I do, people do send me books that I'm supposed to read about Catholic social teaching and the instructions on government and stuff. And what I, but from what I understand, I mean, I, I like my laws to be, you know, because we have competing morality in this country and one of the morality is satanic. (laughs) I don't, I'm voting for like, let's just restore the constitution. Well, I'm not voting, but I'm, I'm advocating (laughs) That we restore the constitution. But I I agree with you. It was a good point to say, to start with the family, because that is the hope, is the, you know, spirit. And that's your community. And I like the idea of the extended family. Like, I'd love for my mom to live with me. I'm trying to model that for my children. I go to her a lot because, you know, and my daughter even said this. She's like, when you're old, mom, I'm going to do this for you. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Mission accomplished. <laughs> right, right. So, By example. Yes. And I believe that about like different communities. So church communities and, you know, neighborhoods. This community? And this community, yeah. I mean, that's that's what we should be doing as humans. And that should reinforce some, some good culture. And that should hopefully strengthen some sort of morality just as a, if nothing else, just for functional purposes. Yes. Right? Yeah. You know, like just to... It's practical. That's what I always it's say. It's practical. It's, um, whether it's on principle or pragmatism, whether it came up, emerged from 10,000 years of civilization, right. was handed down by God, these are the rules. Yeah. You know, that, that, that don't kill. So that's don't steal. You have the, trouble. That's what I was saying with the don't whole... Don't screw like, around. Exactly. It doesn't work. Disease <laughs> <It just laughs> and pregnancy, like that's the, you know... It doesn't work out for anyone. Right. That I mean, that's one of those feminist lies that is, I mean, it is. Look so at the divorce different. rates. They're like, don't you want to sleep with them first to make sure you're compatible? I'm like, pretty sure, you know. <laughs> if you stick to the basics, that's, we're pretty compatible. So many, yeah, the feminist the divorce lies. rate has gone through the roof since that. Well, kind of stuff. okay, so, I mean, that's a whole separate conversation. Yeah. The whole big the, problem with that is that the state should not be involved in marriage <laughs> to begin with. My <laughs> father asked me to get married. Without a marriage license. And yeah. his brother, who was the priest, wouldn't do it because he took a vow of That's obedience and the church and tells you you have to. I know. You have to. The church tells me you have to. Yeah. We're, I'm concerned about that. <laughs> about having to get a marriage license? Yeah. And having finding someone who will do the wedding Don't with you, uh, Oh, there's a large subculture in this country. That's <laughs> yeah, I know. married to people that are they're not real husbands to stay here, like for the green card. Oh, right, right. But they're going home and getting married to their real husband. So if you want to go to, you know, whatever, Columbia or something, you could probably... Well, I don't want to do that. That's <laughs> there. I, oh, but you don't want to get married in a Catholic church. So I'm thinking, I was like, wait, you go to a Catholic church, get married by a priest. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I know, I think... Uh, you'd have to, you'd have to get special pressure for that, but um, probably. But no, but there might be. I mean, that's just a whole problem. Like, why are they involved? Well, in in Catholicism, uh, under certain circumstances, I guess you can just marry each other if you, if you swear that you're married. But then you're bound. Right. Then you're bound by it. And then if you, we should be bound by it. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying. You can do it. Yeah. and God, right? You can do it. Theoretically, yeah. that's what it's supposed yeah. to be. You can it's do it. It's not like I'm not making a commitment to the state. Yeah, like, you can do it. Yeah, but it is to. But it's ballsy. I didn't do it. What? I didn't do it. He also asked me not to. My father also asked me not to get a social security card, but I was like, can't. Right. I'm gonna. I wanted to get a job. Your, your dad was on a lot. <laughs> he was totally right. He was totally right. And then I'm trying to do that to my kids. I'm like, don't go to college, buy a farm. Totally. And they're like, no. I so wish I didn't go to college. 
<laughs> I, I, I mean, well, I'll say that I was don't know, a waste advice. of yeah. four years, but and a lot of money. Yeah. Well, I ended up through the you know course of my life meeting my husband at graduate school, and so it's it worked out. out. Yeah, it worked out. So and far, probably for me, so far, it probably so did. I mean, I don't. Yeah, oh, you, you know, can't change the yeah. butterflies. Wins. I don't know the plans. Yeah. <laughs> But if I know, if I knew now what I knew, you know, if I knew then what I know now, I probably would would have. Yes, 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 it. yes. But on the other hand, you can't impose that on people. My kids don't want to do it. I understand why. So they, they don't want to buy a farm. They want to go to school. Right. One wants to be a lawyer. One wants to be a doctor. Could you imagine, like, of all the Jewish mothers who were like, "Be a lawyer, be a yeah. doctor." I'm like, "Don't go to college." <laughs> but. Until the, if if civilization falls, the doctor will be very useful. Yeah. And if it doesn't, the lawyer could be useful. Yeah. So like, all right. All right. At least you're not a, you know, an American studies, man. You know, whatever. Like, yeah. Just get Gender ahead. studies. Yeah. Get, get, get her. Well, now yeah. I think they're, they're having courses on Taylor Swift at Harvard and. <sighs> yeah. I was all. Well, <laughs> yeah, they're bitchy balls. <laughs> Pretty good. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, it's been fun, Corey. <laughs> Actually, we're in real life, and I got to go home and make dinner. Yeah. How fun is that, though? Yeah. We're in real life. It was so awesome of you to make this extra effort and to yeah. come here and reach out to me, and it made it even convenient for me. It's just awesome. Yeah. Well, thank but, you for making I, it happen. I, here's the, 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 yeah. Yeah, thank you. Oh, <laughs> effort. The man behind the scenes. Yeah, behind the scenes. Awesome. Yeah. So thank definitely you. makes it all happen because I'm a, a Luddite. I, is it a Luddite? Luddite. 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 Yeah. So. No, but my, my thing is like, I always wonder how people like, um, you know, have so many contacts, have such reach. Oh, right. But you move. Like you go from place to place. Like yeah. you go. And that's what you got to do. You got to go the extra mile. Yes. And uh, and that explains a lot. Yeah, that that is what I do. Yeah, yeah. I, do it. I really love it. I, I, this guy helps you. Yes, that's excellent. He does. I know. Well, I, I'm very privileged to be a part of it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. It was, it was awesome. Yeah. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> How funny! How do you ever get to do that? I know, right? Yeah, and there is something about you know vibing right. on a spirit. Totally, totally. It. I mean, it, I'm so grateful for the technology because we wouldn't be right. It, we, that that hour. Is, that's some kind of limited hangout they put out there. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. But to be able to do it in person, it's yeah. just the, the, it's irreplaceable. Yes. So, yeah. so kudos to you for doing yeah. it. Thank you. And thank you all for watching and listening.